Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Elm Park Rail's podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I run the Elm Park Rail site. Let's get on to the bad bit first of all. The absolute shambles of last Saturday at Carrow Road, uh, 7-1. It's hard to put any positive spin on that game, isn't it? I mean, anyone who really is trying to do that is a bit delusional, really. To lose 7-1 is unacceptable. It's embarrassing. It shouldn't be happening to a team that's fourth in the league. Looking at the team at the start of the match, I don't think anyone would have said, oh, that's clearly going to get a good battering today. I know we've had a previous history of having some beatings away from home. But 7-1? No. I don't think anyone would have come anywhere near predicting that, especially bearing in the mind the form that would come into the game. Three consecutive wins, including a good one at uh, Sheffield Wednesday away. And uh, we'd really look quite good, especially against Leeds and Blackburn. Quite convincing. Second half displays in both games weren't quite as good, but no, no hints of anything like that. I think what we do get from that game is that Daniel Williams probably does need to be playing. I know he has his limitations at point, but he does add a lot more to the team. He can't be playing with the midfield of Swift, Much and Kelly. That's not really going to be very good away, but... Still would never have predicted anything like that. That's just uh, horrific, isn't it, really? Also, there's been some news on the takeover this week. The EFL have given conditional approval to the Chinese brother and sister taking over the club. These uh, family members are uh, land developers as well, which is exactly the same as the Thai owners are currently. Interesting development there, possibly. I think the Thai owners have got quite a lot of stick, maybe, I think, undeservedly. I mean, they came into the club and we were going to go into administration. So I think we have to look at that fact. We have to look at what motivated to buy them the club, possibly. We don't really know. That's just speculation, isn't it? We can look at it and we look at a person like Teddy Saji, who was also linked with the club at that point. And uh, remember him with his helicopter landing at Medeski? Those were the days, weren't they? And also, he was rumoured in Get Reading and in the Daily Mail extensively that he was going to be building a casino, possibly, on the car park. Interesting that both the people that were involved, or main headliners, except for the Indian person, which is Berman, who was ruled out quite quickly, both land developers. And uh, the Thai owners are still quite interested in developing Roland Park. 
350 million pound development i can't say i blame them that's going to be a big money spinner at all i mean uh, who wouldn't want to uh, have who would want to keep a club that's really just draining all your money away and taking away on a weekly basis you know you're never going to see that come back again and then on the other side you could possibly have a big uh, development that could rake you in quite a lot of money possibly but it'd be good to see that actually happen We'll have to wait and see whether that gets confirmation. There seems to be some kind of confirmation needed from the Premier League, according to Sassima in an interview that she did on Radio Berkshire this week. She threw in that the fact that they were worth $1 billion, but billionaire owners, is that unusual in English football now? I don't think it is really, is it? It's almost uh, pop as well, isn't it, being a billionaire? So we'll have to see how that develops and hopefully that will go through in the next few weeks because it's been dragging on for so long now and i think most of us thought it was dead in the water didn't we so it's kind of like a small bonus that it's actually going to happen will it be good for the club nobody really knows we don't know enough about them there's an example of the taking over a team in belgium and doing a quite a good job but compared to the debts at reading and compared to the debts at a belgian club i'm not sure they're going to be exactly the same so I asked if anyone had any questions that you'd like me to talk about and find out what I thought about them, then come back and correct me on them in the future. That's the way it works, isn't it, really? So Evan J's Collins got in touch with me via the Twitter site Elm Park Rolls, and he asked the questions. Given that McShane is still likely to be missing against Villa, who would you pick in the back four or three? Well, first of all, I wouldn't play Blackett at left-back. He seems to be a liability there. I've seen him play there quite a lot of times. And bad things happen when he's playing at left-back. Put him at centre-back, looks like a different player. Put him in a back three, I think he looks even better. But at left-back, it's just uh, ugly. But he did set up a goal last week against Blackburn from a really good cross. So I can't forget that. But over the whole season going forward, he's not that great. So... Defensively, yeah, it worries me. But in a back three, back four, he's okay. So the three I would play if we, from the players that we've got, I would play Blackett, Moore, and Oxford if it was a three. And if it was a four, I would play Abita, Blackett, Moore, and Gunter. Thanks for the question, Kevin. Moving on to the next one, Sheshe Guevara asks a question. How confident are we that the takeover will go through, given the rumours swirling? And if it does, what do we expect to happen, e.g. transfers? I suppose we have to think we have to be quite confident now it's going to go through. The fact that the EFL have given it conditional approval. There is an example of a club last year. They got conditional approval and that was Bolton. So it's not the first time that's happened. So it should definitely be... I say definitely, I'm regretting that already. Should hopefully be okay. Transfers, mm, I think we could probably expect a fair amount of money, probably. I mean, if we were to get promoted, obviously we got the money straight away, so that wouldn't be a problem. I know players have to be paid wages, and but uh, obviously we'd have still have a lot more money. Um, I think the fact that they gave us a £10 million loan in January is perhaps an indication of how much money this couple have to spend. It's um, it's uh, 
quite an interesting prospect, the thought of Reading having a lot of money to spend, because the last time that happened, that was pretty much disastrous. And that's why we ended up in a situation with the Thai owners, and, which we discussed earlier. So I would expect there to be some big transfers either way, much bigger than probably what we've seen before. The fact that Stam says the new owners are possibly very serious after he's meeting them once. So, yeah, I think positive on that side, long term. Not a clue what's going to happen. Have to wait and see. Thanks for the question, Daryl. Uh, this question is uh, from last week, and it's from Burt's89. If we get promoted, one striker you'd like to see us realistically sign? Uh, I think I'd probably go for... And not only because he scored against us uh, last week, I think Nelson Oliveira is a realistic signing if we go up. Only, only in that scenario. He's 10 years younger than Jan. I think he's better than Jan. He's more mobile than Jan. And I think he scores more spectacular goals. I don't think he's ever going to be a prolific goal scorer. But I don't think that's a totally impossible signing. But we don't know what the funds would be or anything. So that's just uh, me giving a random question and answer. Now moving on to the weekend. We have two games in three days. First of all, Aston Villa away. Can't see anything but a defeat here, sadly. Um, we just uh, seem to be collapsing away from home, and I think uh, to predict anything but a crushing defeat would be uh, slightly naive and foolish. So I'm going to say this is the person who predicted a 2-1 win last week at Norwich, so my predictions really should be given virtually zero credence. I'm going to say we're going to lose 3-1. Hope I'm wrong. I really do, and I hope we give them a good battering, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Villa are in really good form, haven't conceded a goal at home for five home matches, so, yeah, they're in good form. They've really picked up since the turn of year. Then we've got Rotherham at home on the Easter Monday. Now, if we don't win that game, there's something really wrong. They are abysmal, Rotherham, one of the worst teams in Championship history, so... I'm going to say that we're going to win that one 3-0. Yep, I'm going to be optimistic. They are absolutely terrible. And uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't get a few goals in that game. Probably see some random teams over the two games because they're so close to each other. So possible to predict the team lineups. We see some players like Elori probably come in. Probably see, um, might even see Gravenberch. Wow, that would be... Um, any experience. Maybe we can save him for the Rotherham game if we're like 3 0 up. And wow. I think it's really a reflection of how bad we must have been against Norwich if he got on the pitch. Oh, dear me. <laughs> not, not, not one that will go down in the uh, greatest ever player list, I feel. Sure, he's a committed player. Lovely man, but no, not very good. So, thanks anyway. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, if you've got any uh, feedback and what you think of the show, contact us via Elm Park Rolls Twitter. Thank you very much. Bye.